I hope you enjoy this morning. I hope you find benefit in what we do together. You might have gathered. might be a little bit different later on than you might be expecting, but there we go. Years and years and years back, when I was neighbour to lad, whenever mum and dad bought me any form of Bible book, they always put that in the front. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. I think that's sort of what we're here for. I think that's what it's about. But there's some long words in there that even I don't really understand these days. So I'm going to put it into English that I get. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. And cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing. Sing your hearts out to God. And let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master, Jesus. Thanking God the Father every step of the way. That doesn't sound like a bad mantra to me, and I think that would sort of work for not just this morning, but actually for life generally. You might not have picked out all the words. That's basically it. So if you want to read that through, if you didn't catch it before, I can't hear that song without doing this. Because what that is, is one guy saying what he feels and saying what he believes and saying what comes from here. Who was it? Oh, come on, who was it? Stormzy, thank you. My goodness. I know you've had long journeys, but come on, a little bit better, please. Why do you think that being Stormzy is important? Role model. Good point, well made. Why is it relevant? Why is he a role model, Paul? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, relevant, current, a grime artist. Don't ask me to define that. I'm not even <laughs> going to try. But that's a that's a kid who was in and out of school, all sorts of problems, real sorts of difficulties, in trouble with the police, all sorts of issues, all sorts of stuff going on, until he found the fact that actually the one thing he could do with his eyes shut nearly was exams and he could nail it and he got first class GCSEs or what they're called now yeah and then he went on and he did A-levels and when he did A-levels he was really disappointed in the fact he only got five A, B, C, D, E he was disappointed in the fact that they weren't all A's and what he realised and what drove him to write that song was what made a difference in his life. And what made a difference in his life 
was being saved and being saved by Jesus. Is Stormzy a role model that actually, if you, what, what's the album called? Gang Signs and Prayers? Yeah. Gang Signs and Prayers, if you listen to it, I'm not going to vouch for all the lyrics, okay? Because it's a little bit out there. But actually, content-wise, his heart is absolutely in the right place. What was he singing about in that song? Grace. Somebody give me a definition of grace. Not looking down at someone. Anybody else? Go on. God's free gift. Like that. Go on. Undeserved gifts. Okay. Oh, look at that. We're on music references. Get in. Oh, that's my son-in-law. What can we learn from that? What can we learn from a man singing about grace? And, yeah, okay, that was a music video. But he's still got a lot of kids together. They all sang it. And I don't know about you, but I thought they all meant it as well. It's about getting a community together. It's about getting people to realise that they are saved. Getting people together to realise that they've got a saviour who is Jesus Christ. And someone who can really make a difference. We've sung this song numerous times. So Mike, Neil, if you wouldn't mind. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. And there's an element of that's what Stormzy was singing about. Who are you that you are mindful of me? That you hear me when I call? Is it true that you're thinking of me? That you love me? Father God, who are we that you're mindful of us? Who are we that you're aware of us? Who are we that you hear us when we call? And it is true that you were thinking of us. And it is true that you love us. And Father, it's amazing. Thank you for people who are prepared to speak out for their faith. Thank you for people who are able to stand up in a crowd and bring people together. Thank you for Jesus. I think it's fair to say he wrote the book. Father, thank you. Help us to enjoy our morning together and help us to enjoy sharing with each other our faith. Thank you. Amen. I think it's fair to say, in the world of Old Trafford, even in the world of Old Trafford, the last two to three weeks have been quite eventful. There's been quite a lot going on in one way or another. And it's been quite a journey. And some of you might have been here for all of it. And some of you might have been here for some of it. And some of you might have been here for none of it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a quick recap. Because I think that will then give us a nice jumping off point for where I want to go this morning. So if you go back three weeks, we were in this room and celebrating a baptism. When Emily got baptised and the place was full and bouncing and heaving and joyful. And it was great. And then two weeks since, Tony stood here. 
Right, here's your test. What was Tony's theme two weeks since? I'm going to get... Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> just going to check my notebook. <laughs> Absolutely. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if you weren't here, I'm not going to do the full um, blow-by-blow account, but Tony did what Tony's good at. And what he did was he took those three words, way, truth, and life, and he went back to the original text because he wanted to see if it was consistent. And what he did was he proved how many times when way is translated, it's translated as way, and how many times when truth translated, it's translated as truth, and how many times... You get the rest. But what he was trying to say is Jesus is the way, and Jesus is the only way to the Father. And what Tony was doing was he also talked about how easily we get distracted and how easily we forget about that fact. We forget about the fact that Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And that other bit that I've just added on, no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Tony talked about distractions Does anybody remember the toilet story? If you weren't here, you'll have to ask somebody. I'm not going to repeat it. There we go. But we so easily get sidetracked. And we so easily forget, to use a phrase, whose we are and who we serve. I wrote these words down. I don't think they came out of Tony's mouth. But I've read them a few times since. If I don't know, know my Lord, or if we don't know our Lord... How can we think we'll meet with him? And then I also wrote down, if I don't make an effort getting to know him, who am I kidding? So it's one thing turning up here on a Sunday and trying to be a Christian. But what happens to the rest of the week? What happens to the rest of life? What happens to being Jesus? in the environment you live in? What happens to being relevant? And that's where Tony's thoughts left me. And last weekend, Wayne turned up. And Wayne turns up like nobody else can, really. And you'll be pleased to know, I'm not going to start jumping about here, there and everywhere. Probably put me back out, when that's by the by. But he used that phrase, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbour as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. Just out of interest, just so I get a little measure of my audience, who was there on the Saturday morning? Good. In which case, what I'm about to do will work. <clears throat> who was there on the Sunday? Okay, likewise. Um Wayne stood up and started on the Saturday morning and asked a question. And he asked the question, how honest are we? And he asked the people that were there, how honest did they want him to be? And I think it is fair to say Wayne was very honest about where his life is, where his circumstances are, where his situation is. And Wayne went on to talk about the fact that God loves the unlovely. God loves people for who they are. And he talked about the fact that it doesn't necessarily get any easier. And he used a phrase, a hug can save a life. 
and I've got etched in my brain one vision of Wayne walking down the centre of here and grabbing one lad who couldn't have been more outside his comfort zone. It's like he's hugging me and he won't let go. Please leave me alone. But he made a point. A hug can save a, can save a life. He talks, about, he talks about God's love being fresh and God's love being new every morning and something we can rely on and something we can depend on. And he got to that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And then he talked about <clears throat> what you do with a new car. And what you don't do with a new car is you don't put it through an MOT, because you don't need to for the first three years. Because in those first three years, like somebody newly baptised, it's straight out of a showroom. It's fine. Everything's great. But then he asked everybody, so what do you need to do? Well, what you need to do is you need to put yourself through a... Go on, tell me. What was it? FOT. FOT, go on. Anybody, can you guess what you need? What does this stand for? Faith on test. Right? So what we need to do is we need to put ourselves through a faith on test. And all the time that he was talking, Liz was drawing. And Liz was drawing what you're now seeing on screen. And... Love the Lord with all your God, with all your soul, mind and strength. You need to love upwards. And love your neighbour as yourself. You need to love out. It's an action. It's a feeling. It's a response. It's something you need to engage with. It's safe. It's sincere. It's secure. And God's love never fails. He went on to talk about, going back to his car analogy, love is what it all centres on. So love is our engine. Love is the thing that keeps us moving. Love is the thing that keeps us going. Our feet are just like our tyres. If your tyres are dodgy, you've got a problem. If you're walking in the wrong direction, you've got a problem. If you're mixing with the wrong people, you've got a problem. Who we associate with the most, we become. Quote, you are the sum of the five people closest to you worth thinking about if you need to change direction do it um, driving your car off road what happens to your tyres they get muddy <laughs> they get muddy they probably get burst they get damaged and if we go off road without the right preparation or otherwise we get damaged so you'll gather it was a lot of practical stuff a lot of stuff you need to think about what about our headlights? Headlights are our eyes. The eyes are the lamp of the body. If our eyes are healthy, our whole body will be full of light. What are we drawn by? We're drawn by images. We're drawn by stuff we see. We're drawn by stuff we engage with. And everything, everything in our lives, it doesn't matter whether you're the youngest in the room or you're, you're the oldest in the room. Everything, so to speak, is 90 mile an hour. Everything's rushing. Everything's thinking about what you're doing next. Um, Wayne worked out 29,000 days if you live to be 80. So why do we rush? 29,000 days. Why do you rush? And he talked about um, there always being two voices going on. One on each shoulder, sort of. One that's telling you to do stuff and then one that's saying, hang on a minute, don't. And that argument going on all the time. He talked about four types of love. Love 
that is a love of friendship. Love that is the, oh, that's cute. Love that is the sexual love. And love that is agape love. Love that is forgiveness. Love that is sacrificial. Love that is steadfast. Love is the love that God has for us. That God so loved the world. What did it cost Jesus? And then he asked us, so how do we show love? How do we do all of that? We invest in people. We offer help. He talked about random acts of kindness. He talked about seeking wisdom from God's word to know what your next steps are. He talked about practicing hospitality. He talked about, actually, how do we forgive? How do we actively do it? And then he talked about giving yourself space to worship. And worship isn't just singing. Worship's whatever you need it to be. And then on Sunday, he talked about, amongst other things, he talked about an Indian guy that he saw when he was in India, down at the bottom of a load of steps. And that guy begging for what he needed more than anything else. And it reminded him of Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus calling out to Jesus to be healed. Calling out to be freed from being blinded. And for those of you who are here, do you remember the bit where he asked us all to close our eyes? Yeah? Did anybody else find that really freaky? Because what he asked us to do was he asked us all to close our eyes and then just to make absolutely sure, in fact, come on, we're going to do it because if you weren't here, you need to experience this because it is a little bit out there. Please close your eyes. Right, can you still see slight little flecks of light coming in? All right. So now, take your hands and put your hands over your eyes. And then try and imagine what that would be like if that happened for the rest of your life. So you never get to see again. It would be all encapsulating. It would be all you are. It would be all you'd be. And I think that would be quite a scary place. Please remove your hands and please open your eyes. Because it is very dark. It's very black. And then throw in another baptism because we haven't had enough so far. Well, that's true, actually, but, but, but there we go. Throw in another baptism because we had another one of those and it was brilliant. And then all the time all that's going on, I'm thinking about this morning and thinking, what's my theme? And then a song came into my head. And the song that came into my head was Blinded by Your Grace. So that's why I played that up front. Because that experience of being blinded, that experience of it's all you can experience, it's all you can see, it's all you can feel, it's all that you are. When your eyes are shut, there's no glimmer of light. When your hands are over your eyes and you can't feel that at all. It's just... Imagine being in that place, but being blinded by grace. Where it's all you can feel, it's all you can experience. It's all you can see, and it's all that you live through. And that's why I think that song somehow triggered in me, in my memory.
I said a prayer this morning. I prayed I would find the way to another day. I was so afraid till he came and saved me. You came and saved me and the rain was pouring because the sun faded away. Now I'm in a better place. No longer afraid. Blinded by your grace. You came and saved me. And just in case you didn't pick up the lyrics. One time for the Lord. One time for the cause. One round of applause. One time for Fraser T. Smith on the cause because he helped him write the song. I feel we got one. I stay prayed up, then I get the job done. Put it into normal speak, you'll get it. Yeah, I'm Abigail's you. I'm Abigail's son, but I'm God's son. But I'm up now, look at what God's done. Now I rule tour, look at what God did. On the main stage running around topless, he could never see himself doing that. I phone Flips, his friend, and I tell him that we've got this. This is God's plan. They can never stop this. Like, like, wait right there. Could you stop my verse? You save this kid and I'm not your first. It's not by blood and it's not by birth. But oh my God, what a God I serve. That's a guy standing up for what he believes in. That's a guy standing up for grace. That's a guy standing up for a difference that Jesus has made. For what Jesus has called him to. And he's no different to you or me. Lord, I've been broken. Although I'm not worthy, you fix me. I'm blinded by your grace. You came and saved me. Lord, I've been broken. Although I'm not worthy, you fix me. Now I'm blinded by your grace. You came and saved me. At which point, I sort of put the brakes on and start thinking. It's the Lord, your God, you must follow. It's him you must revere. Keep his commands and obey him. Serve him and hold fast to him. You've done all that you can do. Let go and let God handle it from here. So I've had two baptisms. Jesus, the way, the truth and the life. We've put our faith on test and more than anything else, we need to let go and let God be in control. So I've put all this together, including the song you're about to hear. And I'll be honest, those of you who know me well will know I can be a control freak. I need to have everything where I need it to be. I need to have it task-driven. I need to have lists. I need to know exactly what I'm doing. And what we are about to do for the remainder of this service is outside my comfort zone because there is some things I cannot control. And yesterday morning, I remember going upstairs and thinking, I have got no idea how tomorrow is going to go. And I still don't know. And then I thought to myself, yeah. You've done all you can do. Let go and let God handle it from here. And how hard is that? We're going to sing together. Because I think it brings us face to face with our Lord Jesus. How we touch and handle things unseen and grasp with firmer hand eternal grace and 
if you're anything like me, we've got to lean our weariness on our Lord and let him carry us because we can't do it on our own. God's love is a feeling. God's love brings action. God's love should make us want to respond. God's love should make us think. God's love should make us be who we need to be. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gone nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. At the end of last weekend, we said to Wayne and Liz, if you fancy coming back for a coffee and just spending half an hour with us, that would be really nice. That would be lovely. Anybody who knows Wayne and Liz well knows that half an hour don't exist. And Wayne and Liz turned up at hours at six. And they left at about quarter past ten. But I had four and a, four and a quarter hours of just <sighs> contemplation. Thinking about stuff Wayne had talked about. Thinking about some of the challenges they face, some of the challenges we face. And Wayne talked about the fact that although he's part of a church, he visits a number of churches. And those different churches give him challenges that he don't get in the other places. And he needs that. He needs that to be able to bounce, to be able to keep going. And there's one church he goes to, which actually was started up by one of the guys who was at East Pennine. And that church is set up deliberately for addicts. It's set up for people who have, let's say, not chosen all the right paths. But it is really clear on what that church's values are. And in the centre of the room... Hanging down from the ceiling is that. I'm going to read it just in case you don't pick it up. Because actually this is what the bit I'm a little bit nervous about and where we're going to go next. Because I think this is really important. So if this is not a place where my spirit can take wing, where do I go to fly? If this is not a place where tears... are understood where can I go to cry if this is not a place where my questions can be asked where do I go to seek if this is not a place where my feelings can be heard where do I go to speak 
If this is not a place where you'll accept me as I am, where do I go to be? And if this is not a place where I can try to learn and grow, where can I just be? Now, remembering the context of that group, that's really powerful. But remembering the context of this group, that's just as powerful. And it's just as important. And it's just as relevant to us as it is to them. There's a reason why we're sat like this. Because I really want you to engage. And I want you to challenge yourself. And I want you to challenge yourself in how you think. What gets in the way of any of that for you? What stops you being who you want and need to be? What are the things you'd want to change? What are the things you'd want to change in you? What are the things that stop you wanting to be in control? What are the things that want you stop you and make you want to let go? And let God. If this is not a place where you'll accept me as I am, where do I go to be? If this is not a place where I can try to learn and grow, where can I just be me? How do we, as a group, irrespective of our background, irrespective of our upbringing, irrespective of our history, irrespective of who we are, how do we do that together? And what do we need to put in place that allows us to do that together? And if there's something getting in the way of you being able to do that together, you're going to have a chance in a few minutes to talk about it. That song for me couldn't have been more fitting. How do you get to the place, you as an individual, where you can do that? Give up control. Let God run your life. Let God take ownership. Let God do what he's good at. How do we do that? How do we live as people who are free? Because that's what we are. Does it feel like it? So this is the opportunity over the next period of time. And I don't know how long we've got. To start a discussion. Because I know we're not going to fix it in the next X number of minutes. But I'd like to start that discussion. So this is a time to think. And a time to share. What there's going to be is there's going to be some verses up on screen that you can check with. But I'm just going to read this first. Because it's about placing your life before God. And this is Romans 12. But maybe slightly different to how you know it. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognise what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you.
So yeah, this next bit is the bit I'm nervous about because we could have silence. But I know you guys and that's not going to happen. Everybody's sort of clear on what we're going to do and how that's going to work. The verses are going on the screen now. Please engage. Let's pray. Father, let this be our prayer. Investigate my life, O Lord. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong. And then, guide me on the road to eternal life. Amen.